Hey, Redemption family, thanks for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you. Be sure to tune in live on Sundays at 1030 a.m. at rttnchurch.com. Thank you for being with us again. I'm going to ask you wherever you're watching us from, if you can, if you're driving, don't try this. But if you're not driving and you can do this, I want everyone that will to join me in standing for the reading of the Word of God. And I want us to take just a moment to hear from the Lord this morning. For a few minutes, I want to preach a message God spoke to me uh, this past week. I believe it's a word for our church, for our city. And uh, it's found in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 and then Acts chapter 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes when my kids, especially when they were younger and they had a bad dream or there was a bad storm outside, I would, I would have to go lay in the, the bed with them to get them back to sleep. And there's a little song that I would sing to them that somehow helped them through the storm. It would help them get back to a place of rest. And I felt like I was singing that, just a little chorus of that song before I preached today. It says, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. And when he says peace, be still, they have to obey. Yes, they do. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. Somebody went through a storm this week. Somebody's life has been shaken up. Somebody's watching me right now and you're having nightmares at night because just a few days ago, on a Sunday night, you were laying in your bed resting and didn't know what was going on. It sounded like a train was coming through. The roof lifted off your house and the winds were howling and the, the fear tried to seize you. And all week long, you just, you can't even fathom how you got out of that storm. You don't even, you don't even really understand how you made it. I know how you made it. You made it because God's watching over you. Today, I just want to remind you that he kept you and he's going to keep you. Today, the fear of the storm is lifting and leaving. And I just believe that the Spirit of God is speaking peace over somebody right now. It's what this whole message is going to be about today. Before I preach it, let me just sing it one more time over you. I know the peace speaker. I know him. By name, 
See, I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. Oh, when he says, peace, be still. See, they have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him, my name. And the old saints used to sing, peace, peace, wonderful peace over Chattanooga, God. Over Chattanooga, God, right now, coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, and Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. I'm reading today from the Passion Translation, and it reads like this. Now Saul agreed to be an accomplice to Stephen's stoning and participated in his execution. And from that day on, a great persecution of the church in Jerusalem began. All the believers scattered. They went into the countryside of Judea and among the Samaritans except the apostles who remained behind in Jerusalem. Verse 2. There were God-fearing men who gave Stephen a proper burial. They mourned greatly over his death. Verse 3, and Saul mercilessly persecuted the church of God, going from house to house into the homes of believers to arrest both men and women, and he drugged them off to prison. Now, I want you to flip over to Acts chapter 9 and look at verse 31, and I'm going to be done. Two very powerful words. Somebody needs this today. After this, after this, the church all over, Judea and Galilee and Samaria, experienced a season of peace. The congregations grew larger and larger. The believers were empowered and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, they worshiped God in wonder and awe and walked in the fear of the Lord. After this, I want to preach on those two words today. Look at your neighbor, wherever you're watching, 
If you got a neighbor, if your wife is in the other room, holler at her and tell her, after this, Jesus, help me today. In your name I pray. Amen. So, this past week, wow, what a week. Uh, we had a powerful worship service on Easter Sunday. We went home, many of us did, and we had Easter lunch with our family. And somewhere later that night, um, we encountered some stuff that we weren't expecting, some stuff that we didn't know was on the way. This past week has been one of rebuilding in this region. Really, it's been one of rescue as well. Because last Sunday night, uh, an EF3 tornado started over in North Georgia and weaved its way up through the East Brainerd and the Ultawa and McDonald, Tennessee, and then on up to South Cleveland in that area. And a swath of destruction that we saw from aerial pictures this week showed us the aftermath of what was a few minutes in most places, but a storm that size and wind that howling and that fast, blowing that fast, it didn't take long to bring utter destruction and damage to many, many people in the Chattanooga area and the surrounding region. It was a bit eerie as I stood there this past week in my kitchen before we all ran to the basement to get into our storm shelter. It was a bit eerie as I was standing in my kitchen thinking that just about 10 years ago, in the same month, we stood in our backyard watching tornadoes form as they bounced over the hills of Ottawa and and in literally the same area and back then 20 I believe 2010 damage everywhere and I even thought for those of you who remember in 1997 there was the Easter tornadoes that hit East Brainerd and damaged homes and businesses and as I was doing our family devotion last night with my kids and Deb we were in the room talking and little Judah reminded me um, of the volatility and the instability of this time of year. April seems to be that month. She reminded me, uh, march in like a lion, out like a lamb. And I know we're not in March, we're in April, but still that pattern of, of uncertainty seems to happen at this time of year during the season change. Something is, something is unique about the month of April when you move from the cool winds and the cool weather of winter and you make the transition and the seasonal transition and the change in season to the warm spring air and the warm summer air that's on the way. Something volatile happens in the atmosphere when you go through a season change and whatever it is that happens uh, with the instability of the weather pattern in this month, it just seems like historically every now and then, periodically, this area finds itself somehow in, in, the, in the bullseye of a storm. And the storm is always felt, at least in this area. As I was standing in my kitchen, I was thinking about it. Something about this month of transition from winter to spring and summer, something about this month and the changing 
of the seasons provides an instability in the atmosphere that makes it ripe for storms. And I want you to know today that that you and I are going to go through seasons and sometimes seasons change and sometimes in the changing of a season, we find ourselves in instability, in volatility, and it feels like a storm is going on. Sometimes we saw it coming, sometimes we didn't see it coming, and those are oftentimes the worst kind of storm. And we find ourselves in the season-shifting moment, and it's often, it's often full of unpredictability, and that is not where you and I like to be. We like things to be predictable. But in the seventh, or pardon me, in the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, the church finds itself in the middle of a season change. And just like we experience this weather pattern craziness in the month of April because of the seasons changing, the early church in the book of Acts, and specifically here in the 8th chapter, finds itself in exactly the same moment. It's not a meteorological change that they're experiencing. It's not a weather pattern season that is changing. It is a spiritual season that is changing. For the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, the church has experienced growth. The church has experienced blessing. The church at Jerusalem had experienced the goodness of God. Yeah, they threw them in prison a couple of times, but every time they were in prison, God always broke them out and they kept on preaching. And everywhere they went, they were experiencing the blessing of God. But we come to the eighth chapter when things are about to change. Seasons are about to shift. The church at Jerusalem is no longer going to be the epicenter of the move of God. God is getting ready to do something in the earth and the church cannot be gathered in one location for that purpose of God to be accomplished. So here's what the Bible says. In the 8th chapter, in the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, we are now burying a Christian leader. Stephen, the first martyr of the church, has been stoned. At the conclusion of the 7th chapter, he has been stoned by, by angry Jewish leaders who don't want to hear the message that he is preaching the Bible said that the church, the church was persecuted. There are two words here in Acts chapter 8 that are used to describe this changing season. They are moving from a season of blessing and a season of increase, and now they're moving into a season of what Luke writes as in Acts chapter 8, a season, watch, of persecution and a season of havoc. Paul, who was Saul in Acts chapter 8, Saul is wreaking havoc in the church. Everywhere the, the church at Jerusalem goes, they are experiencing persecution. Everywhere they go for the first time ever, people are, are rising up uh, as an adversary to the church. They cannot hide anywhere. Everywhere they go, they are being hunted. And the Bible says that they are being scattered. They were being persecuted. They were being attacked. They felt like they were losing their, their grip, perhaps. They, they're wondering what's going on. The church at Jerusalem had been strong. The church at Jerusalem had been established. 
The church at Jerusalem had great leaders and now all of a sudden Stephen is dead. They are burying his body and the people who belong to the church are looking around and they are running for their lives because they are being hunted in every corner of Jerusalem. And what happens when this persecution and havoc break out? Here's what your Bible says, that they were scattered. Now it's interesting to me family, you need to pay attention to this. There are two primary words used for scattered in the New Testament. One is like the scattering of ashes where you don't care where they go. You just scatter them. You throw them up in the air and they fall. It falls wherever and some of it stays in the air and you're really not doing anything with any amount of intentionality at all. But there is another word that is used to talk about scattering and that word is the kind of scattering that a sower does when he has seed that he wants to throw in particular places. Oh yes, and when we come to Acts chapter 8 and we see a church that has moved from a season of blessing to a season of havoc and a season of persecution and a season of turmoil instead of using the word that they were just haphazardly and without any intention just thrown around Luke doesn't use that word Luke says that they were like seed that a farmer reaches down into his bag and grabs and he throws the seed because he has an intention for a harvest. And I want to tell you today that when it looked like the church was being persecuted and havoc was being wreaked and it looked like the church was running and it looked like the church was in trouble behind the veil, behind the scene, instead of the enemy being the one in control, God was working through the havoc. God was working through the persecution. God was working through the storm. God was working through the turmoil to intentionally scatter and sow men and women of God all over the place in that region. What is the point? The point is that when the enemy comes into our life and he tries to persecute and he tries to hinder and he tries to wreak havoc and he wants us to be afraid and we feel like where is God and how can I find my purpose I want you to know that in the middle of the storm in the middle of the scattering there is a sovereign God who has a perfect plan and although you have been shaken you have not caught God by surprise he is still on the throne in your life and when it looks like the enemy is working something to destroy you all God is about to remind you family that everything works together for the good to them that love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. God is working in the scattering. God is working in the havoc. God is working in the storm. God is working when houses have been blown off their foundation. Trees are cut in half, snapped like toothpicks. This past week, I had the privilege to go with Pastor Gary and Pastor Josh and some of the share team, and for a couple of days, I put a chainsaw in my hand, and I got to cut people out of houses, and we got to see ground zero. Take what's going on in Chattanooga, and that's challenging enough, and then you 
add and complicate it further by this layer of fear that is blanketing our nation and the uncertainty of a virus and all the different theories that are being purported as to what is going on and what our future could look like. And there are plenty, you hear me, plenty of people who try to capitalize on the uncertainty and spread fear and keep people in bondage and you got all this piling on you. You got pastors who don't know how they're going to keep having church and if they'll have a church when this is all over because the, the seasons are shifting and we want to know what's next. Is there a next? Is there something to look forward to beyond this mess that we're in? My God. Is there something to look forward to? If I can just connect the dots and get from where I am to something in the future. That's where they are here in Acts chapter 8. They're dealing with havoc. They're dealing with persecution. They're dealing with fear. Stephen is dead and the apostles are wondering who's next. Here's one of the things I want to tell you, family, that you must make sure of in a season of transition. And we're in one right now. Here's what you got to know. Transitions will come and seasons will change and many times in them, you will find what's needed and necessary. You will find what you have to have and you'll find out what you thought you had to have that you don't have to have to make it. There's a lot of people this morning who found out, trust me, you can live without power. <laughs> trust me. Five days without it. My neighbors are finding out you can live without Cable television, imagine this. People are finding out you can even live without a roof over your bedroom. Lots of things that we take for granted, we're not taking for granted this week in Chattanooga. Lots of things we as church leaders thought we had to have, we're figuring out. It's not about the energy you get from a full building, because I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a lot of people in this room, but I don't feel energy, I feel the anointing. There's a lot of people figuring out the difference between a room full of people making you feel good and the anointing of Jesus that comes because your heart has been laid on an altar and he consumed your heart with his presence. I'm telling you, we're finding out what's needed and necessary right now. When we come out of this, what God is wanting us to see is that when seasons shift and seasons change, there are some things that you thought you had to have to be who God called you to be that you recognize you don't have to have it. And there are some things you find out you cannot live without and you can never stop doing no matter how bad the storm gets. That's what the Bible says happened in Acts 8. They're scattered. They're persecuted. They're feeling the havoc of Saul. And yet I am astounded in the fourth verse of the eighth chapter. I'm astounded that when they got scattered by persecution, instead of folding up and moving on to another career, 
Instead of folding up and saying, well, that church leadership thing didn't work out for me. That pastoring thing didn't work out for me. That Christianity thing didn't work out for me. It wasn't quite what I thought it would be. It wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. And now that I'm on the run, I'm just going to forget about it and I'm going to move on down the line a little bit. Oh, no, not the early church. The early church, listen to this, in the fourth verse of the eighth chapter, when they were scattered, when they were persecuted, when they were feeling the heat and the havoc of Saul and the Jewish people breathing down their neck while they were on the run for their lives. What did they do? Did they fold up tent? Did they just go sit in a corner and pop Prozac and worry about the end of time and how horrible the world had gotten? Oh no. They woke up every morning even while they were on the run, even while they were running to cities they did didn't intend to visit. What did they do? Look at verse 4. They preached the wonderful news of the word of God everywhere they went. What's the point? If I'm going to be scattered, if I'm going to go through hell, if I'm going to make it through a storm, Lord, I feel like preaching. If I'm going to go through a tornado and if I'm going to survive my house being knocked off its time, if I'm going to go through all that, at least let me give some kind of glory to God and tell the story, tell the good news. Everywhere I go, may my life make the devil regret he ever messed with me and my family in the first place. I tell you, I feel like preaching today. God wants you to know that when you're going through persecution, when you're going through havoc, when you're going through being scattered, it feels like life is scattered. He's still good. He's still God. And although you don't have what you thought you had to have to have the kind of life you thought you were going to get, you got everything you need as long as you keep faith in God. Some of you today, you feel like all you got is faith I want to tell you right now, your greatest ministry, your greatest ministry is coming out of a season where you felt scattered. Anybody ever felt scattered? Not just physically you were scattered, but have you ever felt scattered up here? Was it this morning? (laughs) Sometimes we go through seasons where we feel scattered. What am I doing? How do I get back to a place of normal? That's what I keep hearing everybody say. I want to get back to normal. What if normal is forever changed? What if? See, the Lord told me yesterday in prayer, he said, Kevin, until you stop praying to get back to a place that you thought was the good old days, you'll never be ready to accept what I have for you, and you've got to start believing that what I have for you is greater than everything you've been praying for me to reproduce again in your life. We keep wanting God to take us back. There are preachers today. We're having to come. Don't get depressed. Don't go off the deep end, sir. Don't quit preaching and don't turn in your license. This thing is getting ready to shift. This thing is getting ready to turn. This thing is not going to end up with a church in a hut or in a cave talking about the Antichrist and people who are trying to run the church out of business. You hear what I'm telling you today? You will never run the church of the Lord Jesus Christ out of business because he declared on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail I know that there are not a lot of people in here and I need to calm down but I want to tell somebody today who's worried and who is wondering about the future the future is 
bright. We're not crossing the line with our tongue hanging out. Talk about how bad it was. We're going into heaven saying, look what the Lord has done. God is on the throne and he's moving in our generation. Somebody say praise the Lord. I want you to know today that this thing is not going to end up with you in a season of volatility and transition and feeling the chaos and the scattering and the persecution and the havoc and where do I go from here? Nope. This thing is going to end up like this. This is the word God gave me for you today. Chapter 8, havoc, persecution, scattered, trouble, wondering what's next, and yet they stay faithful to God and keep preaching. Samaria gets turned upside down. Saul gets saved on the road to Damascus. In the middle of hell breaking loose, hell was losing. In the middle of the pain and the persecution, in the middle of the storm and the trial of our faith, God was up to something. And for one and a half chapters, we wonder what's going to happen to the church. They're on the run. They're feeling the heat. Saul is persecuting them. Jews have a bounty on their head and they're running from city to city trying to find just a little bit of normalcy. And everything changes with two words. In the 31st verse of the ninth chapter, one and a half chapters of preaching in the middle of the pain, ministering in the middle of the misery, on the run and everywhere they ran, they preached a sermon and the whole city got saved. They're feeling the tension and the toil of this season of transition. And everything shifts in the 31st verse of the ninth chapter of Acts with these two words. After this. A chapter and a half of running, toiling, preaching, ministering, and running, and still trying to find the purpose of God. You haven't preached a good sermon, preacher, till you preached one while you feel the hot breath of hell on your neck. Yeah. There's some people who are preaching over the last few weeks and you don't have the crowd and you don't have the numbers and you don't have the masses and you're finding out while it's wonderful to have a house full of people to preach to, Jesus is the one I have to have. He's the one that I need. And that's what they're finding out for one and a half chapters. Somebody's in that one and a half chapters right now. Acts 8 
verse 1 through Acts 9, verse 30. One and a half chapters of pain. One and a half chapters of persecution. One and a half chapters of havoc. One and a half chapters of it feeling like everything's falling apart. They kept on preaching, but they were running while they were preaching. Running from city to city. Every city they went to, they saw fruit. But they're still running. They're still under, they're still under the gun. They're still under the heat. They're still experiencing the havoc of Saul and the Jewish leaders and they're wondering what is going to happen and when will will this end and I I heard the Lord yesterday in prayer he said Kevin tell Chattanooga tell your church people tell anybody watching there is always an after this one and a half chapters of hell breaking loose You are tempted to believe it will be that way forever. The season is shifting. We've moved from blessing and and goodness and we're seeing the church established in Jerusalem and now everywhere we go, we're the enemy, we're the adversary and the enemy is trying to put us out of business. One and a half chapters of wondering what's going on and at the end of that season, the season changes with two words. After this. I'm getting ready to be done, but you need to look at somebody who is sitting near you or you need to look at yourself in a mirror right now and tell whoever is there to listen, there will be an after this. I don't care how long the the persecution, the turmoil, the storm, the struggle, the pain, the trial, the fire, the, the, the fiery trial of your faith may feel like it has lasted for a very long time. But I want you to hear me tell you this, friend. Every child of God hearing me, every person connected to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, please listening to listen to me. There is an after this getting ready to break out in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have a sermon. I have a prophetic word for you, sir. You're getting ready to experience an after this. Don't tell me it can't happen. It happened for a man named Noah who put his whole family in a boat for 40 days and nights because the floodwaters of judgment rose on the earth and it looked like Noah and every other living thing was going to die. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and 40 days after, 40 days after, 40 days after, after the rain, after the storm, after the night, after the earth had opened up and released water, 40 days later, the same God that shut the door of the boat opened the door of the boat and Noah and his family walked out and continued to live. Why? Because he is the God of after this. Don't tell me there's not an after this. I know about a man named Job who had everything and lost it all. He sat in a pot of ashes and he scraped the boils off his skin and his wife walked out one day and said, why don't you just curse God and die? It's gotten so bad you'll never recover. But I want to tell you 32 chapters into the story of Job, God interrupted Job's misery and instead of Job asking God a question, God asked Job a series of questions. Where were you when I threw the stars into space? Where were you when I told the water you can only go this far? And before Job breathed his last breath God took a hand called restoration and touched the life of Job and everything Job lost he got back double because God is a God who writes
adds one more chapter to your story and it is a story, it is a chapter called after this. What is your this? What is your this? Some of you, your this is COVID-19. Some of you, your this is bankruptcy. Some of you small business owners, your this is you're losing your business. You let your employees go. Whatever your this is, there's an after this. There's a pastor watching me right now. Your this is a discombobulated, discouraged, distracted, chaotic situation breaking out in your church. You wonder if you got anybody left. You wonder if anybody's going to give. You wonder if you're going to have a church when you come back from this quarantine. Don't get me started on it. You're wondering. Because your this feels like everything you had is falling apart. God sent me today to tell somebody, your this is very real. This thing, whatever this is, it's very real. But there is an after this. Whatever this is, it's not how it ends. Do you want to know how it ends? I'm going to tell you how it ends. There's a, there's a fourfold blessing that's coming to you. I'm not making something up and just trying to package something real cute. This is the word of God. They went through a season of hell on earth. Acts 9.31 says, and after this, number one, they experienced a season of peace. First thing I want you to know is this. This is going to take a few minutes, but catch this. If you had a good season in life, everybody that's ever had a good season in life, lift your hand. If you ever had a good season in life and it sh shifted and the season changed and it went from blessing to misery, it went from peace to problems, it went from, it went from goodness to great God, what is going on here? It went from open doors to shut doors. It went from confidence to fear. If you've ever had a season shift, I want to tell you that it can shift again. Jesus. Acts 9.31 says the season changed again for the church. One through seven, they experienced the goodness of God. End of Acts 7, Stephen dies and the church is on the run. And you might be tempted to think they run for the rest of their life, but that's not what the book says. The book says a season shifted again. And what came this time? Touch somebody tell them peace. Peace. Some of us need peace today. And I'm going to tell you right now, peace is not the product of you 
appropriately processing everything you've been through and coming to some human conclusion that you're going to be all right. Peace is the byproduct of a relationship with a God who knows the end from the beginning. And when you touch him in prayer and you touch him with faith, the God who knows your tomorrow reaches into your now, touches your heart and says, you don't know what tomorrow holds, but I hold tomorrow. And that's where true peace comes from. True peace doesn't come from me and you figuring out the future. True peace comes from trusting. God's got it all in his hands. Not only is it a season of peace that's coming, but I want you to see what the text says. The text says the congregation, the church multiplied. (laughs) Jesus they just come out of a season of hell on earth and you would think they're barely hanging on. But look at what the book says. The book says that they went into a season of multiplication. There is something about the child of God. There is something about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You put pressure on her and she doesn't die, she multiplies. You, you put her in a hole. You put her in a corner. You tell the church, I got you right where I want you. And instead of one person coming out, you multiply and you grow. And you, instead of the city putting you in jail for preaching, the jailers get saved and the preachers see the whole city come to the Lord. This is the gospel. We got this thing all wrong. The church isn't some puny, lip-wristed group of people that are begging for social influence and hoping that they'll get the attention of some municipality elected official that makes them feel good because they congregate on Sunday. Oh, no, the church is the ecclesia. The government of this nation has to answer to the court of heaven, and we belong to the king. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, and we are the legislative body of heaven on earth, and whatsoever we bind on earth shall be be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is the authority of the people of God. You understand that the church multiplied in the middle of misery. The devil couldn't put her out of business. Every weapon hell forged to hurt the church backfired on the the devil. Chattanooga East Brainerd, parts of Georgia, parts of Ottawa. This past week, I saw the church, not a church, the church. Because you know what I, I, I figured out about pain? Pain causes you to forget your prejudice and your preference. This week, when we went to saw logs off of the back of houses. Nobody asked us to show us their credentials. What kind of preacher are you? Honey, I'm telling you, I saw Presbyterians and Methodists and Baptists and Pentecostals eating sandwiches out of the same bin. Yeah, I saw them sharing bottles of water. I saw them. You say, well, what about COVID? We don't care about COVID right now. We're trying to survive a season. Chattanooga got a revelation this week. The people of God in Chattanooga got a revelation this week. That the kingdom of God doesn't go hide in a hut. The city's waking up to the fact that churches don't just, all these people who say, what's essential? 
I'll tell you what's essential. Whoever's got a chainsaw when you got a log on your house is essential. Whoever's got a sandwich in their sandwich bag when you're hungry, hungry is essential. Whoever's got a bottle, I feel like preaching here. Whoever's got a bottle of water in the cooler when you're thirsty is essential. And you want to know, you want to know who showed up this week and became essential? It was not, oh Lord, don't do this to me. Oh God, it was those who were blood washed who know what it was like to be on your way to hell and get rescued by the love of God. They're the ones that put gloves on and started chainsaws and brought hope to the hopeless. That made us essential church your essential identity is not attached to how many you gather in a building or on a parking lot what makes us essential Matthew 5 let men see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven you better hear me, preacher. Your mind is going to be blown when you come back to church, whenever that is. If you'll do what Jesus is calling you to do in whatever place you've been scattered to, when you do get to come back, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. Church isn't dying. We're making sure we know what our priorities are right now. And if we got the right ones... Whenever this crazy thing is lifted and we get to worship together, whatever that looks like, I prophesy not only will the church have peace, the church is going to have multiplication. And there are two other blessings I'm going to be done. When they come out of this season of persecution and havoc and storm and living on the run, trying to find some tranquility in the middle of the chaos. When they came out of that season of, of struggle and they came into a season of peace, not only did they experience peace and experience multiplication, but I want you to see this. The Bible says they were edified, built up. Here's what it literally means. It means that all of the pieces to make the body and edifice were there, but it didn't get built and it didn't become everything it was supposed to be until it went through some persecution. You can have the two by fours and the two by tens and you can have the sheetrock and you can have the concrete cylinder blocks and you can have the roofing and you can have the windows and you can have the bricks and you can have the mortar. But until it gets all put together, it doesn't get built up and become what it's called to be. And in Acts chapter 8, the season of persecution and the season of havoc and the season of scattering, it literally caused the church to get built up in the Holy Spirit to become everything God had called it to be. How is that so? Because God uses every season for his glory. Edified. It means they got built up together. It doesn't just mean they got, yeah, it means they felt good, but it was more than that. They had become something after the storm that they were not before the storm. After this, instead of a bunch of separated, disconnected pieces 
that are a part of the house after this, they all got built up together and become the house of God. Let me just fix something. I think I should fix it. You might disagree. That's okay. I welcome you to be wrong. Listen. These people walking around saying, you don't have to gather in a church building to be the church. Be the church. Be the church. I want to tell you, you should be the church and you should go to church. I'm wondering why there are no amens because there are six people in the house. I know we can't go to church right now. It's one of the reasons, however, that Christian people are yearning for fellowship and community. We want to get back together in church. Why? Because there's a dynamic. Something happens when we get together in the house of the Lord. This is not, hear me carefully, this is not, this building is not where God abides. He abides in me, but something, and he abides in you. But something powerful happens when we get together with this God. and We gather and worship together. I don't have to have a building. I don't have to have a parking lot. But I have to have the people of God. Satan can separate us. He reduces our exponential potential. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Satan's always trying to separate us. When they came back together, they experienced peace, multiplication, and they were edified. There's a season coming for the people of God. I declare this over you, church. Not just in America, but around the world. We're becoming more and more, we're becoming one. And we got to. Because as long as there are isms and schisms in the earth, and there's a mentality that says that's your church and this is my church and we're all going to God's heaven, but that's your church and this. See, until we come and we make his dream come true that he dreamed in the gospel of St. John, Father, make them one as you and I are one. Until that happens, we're not ready for heaven. Ephesians chapter 4 for me has always been the calendar of the return of the Lord until we all come together as the perfect man. You want to know when Jesus is coming back? When we get our act together. Man, it got quiet. Probably going to stay quiet for a minute, right? Hear me. We're edified. We're built up together after, a, after this season. And I just want to declare over Chattanooga that after this, after COVID-19, after tornadoes, after storms, after loss, we're coming out edified, built up together. Here's another blessing in this season that's coming for you and for me. I want you to begin to expect this. It's going to be a season of peace. It's going to be a season of multiplication. It's going to be a season of edification and being built up, built together to become everything God called us to be. The final thing is, here's what it says. They were comforted by the Holy Spirit. Comforted. Periclesis. It's that one who comes alongside of, who speaks inwardly and gives me inwardly what I could not find within myself. Some of us, if you're not careful, in our own humanism, we will seek to find the answer within ourselves. It is beyond myself. It is beyond you. Comfort, 
can only come from one who can soothe the troubled soul. So many troubled souls today. What's going to happen after this? What are we going to have left? Is entrance going to pay for my house to be rebuilt? Am I going to have a church left? Listen, you're going to have to understand and learn comfort's not going to come after you get the answer you wanted. That's not real comfort anyway. Comfort comes in the middle of the uncertainty when you decide, I need you, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. Ron, put it back in that key. I sang peace speaker in. I, I don't know if it works for you. I don't know if this song works for you or not. I know it works for Judah. I know it works for Zion. I know in the most difficult seasons of my life, I had to be reminded this season doesn't last forever. There is an after this. I just want you to take your pen, your highlight, or whatever you got, and just circle. I know the Passion Translation is the one I read from, but some translation says then. Whatever your translation said, just circle that one little transition word, then, after this, after all the pain, after all of the trial, after running and wondering and the chaos and the fear. The season changed again. And it became a season of peace and not persecution. Do you feel like you're just getting beat down everywhere you look? Do you, I'm serious. Do you feel any, any ounce of hopelessness trying to creep in? Instead of confidence, are you, are you trying to fight all feelings of fear and you're not giving in to them, but you're just having to fight them. If you are, I want you to, to, I want you to hear me tell you, and I just declare this prophetically. I declare prophetically over your life. I believe God spoke to me so clearly yesterday in prayer. Tell them, Kevin, there's an after this coming. It's going to be a season of peace. It's going to be a season of power. A season of edification. You're going to feel stronger. A season of comfort. There's going to be this sense of God with me. And you know one of the things that they got out of this that wasn't a blessing from God. It was decision. It was a decision they made on their own. Read the text. Acts 9.31. They walked in the fear of God. The fear of the Lord. When you go through some trials, it calls you to walk more humbly and reverently and honor God. Some of you are coming into a season of peace right now. I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. Controls the winds and waves. 
somebody who's saying it right now. They have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I'm closing. I talked to one of our brothers this week who's an insurance agent. Aaron Franklin and I were talking on the phone. As you can imagine, after storms like this, he's been all over the city and seen the devastation at a level many of you and I haven't even seen. But he walked into a house that was in a neighborhood and almost the entire neighborhood was decimated. Houses just piled up in rubble. And right in the middle of all the rubble is a home sitting there that's barely touched. <laughs> he said, Pastor, I went into that home and the, pastor, uh, the man of the house was a pastor of the church. He and his wife were praying people. He said, I walked through the house and I kept saying, where in the world is the devastation? They had a little bit of damage on the back of the house, not much at all. And she said, it was the Lord that brought us through. And of course, Aaron started talking about the goodness of God and she felt comfortable enough that he knew God enough that she could share with him that in her living room, they had, they had an, a replica of the Ark of the Covenant built. <laughs> this is a great story. And he goes into the living room, and there is the Ark of the Covenant. And he says to her, I know now why your house made it. Because <laughs> you believe in the presence of God. And the woman went into praising God for the protection of the Lord. And it wasn't a box. It wasn't a literal piece of wood. They were using that at the church. It's just the fact that the woman trusted in the presence of God to get her through the storm. Maybe you lost your house in the storm. Maybe you kept your house. Maybe you lost your church in this quarantine. Maybe just barely hanging on. I just want to tell you this before we go today. There's coming an after this. It's going to be a season of power, a blessing, of multiplication, of comfort, of edification and becoming strong in God. So whatever you do in this moment, don't make an eternal decision on a temporary situation. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't stop believing. Don't lose your faith. You feel shaken? You're coming out of this. There will be an after this. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for Chattanooga. I pray for our church family. I pray for everybody watching me, wherever they're watching me from. Some of them need to be encouraged today to know that there is an after this coming. And I declare over them right now a season that is according to the word of God, a season of peace, a season of multiplication, a season of building up, a season of comfort. They're going to walk in greater fear of God and who you are. I declare over your people right now, don't let them turn a season into a sentence. Don't let them believe what is temporary is eternal. I pray right now that they'll put their hand in your hand, God, and feel the strength of Yahweh as you tell them that they're going to make it. I declare over them right now that when they come out of this, they're coming out multiplying. They're coming out stronger. The enemy is going to wish he never messed with your home. 
There's a businessman getting ready to break out into increase and you thought it was the end and one little shift is going to turn this thing and favor is coming on your life in the name of Jesus. Y'all feel this right now. I want you to throw your hands up wherever you are if you need this word. Father, I declare an after this over Chattanooga and after this over the surrounding region, every businessman, every business lady, every mother and father, dear Lord, every preacher that's wondering how they're going to get the church back. Lord, you're shifting things in this season of transition. Father, the season of transition, it felt like turbulence, it felt like torment, it felt like persecution, it felt like havoc, it felt like where do we go from here? Show them that there's an after this. There's an after this. It's a new season. I'm authorized to tell somebody today in the name of the Lord Jesus that it's a new day, a fresh anointing is coming your way. It's a season of power. Come on, grab somebody's hand with you right now. Just grab somebody's hand and get an agreement with me. And prosperity. It's a new season coming to you and me. I feel like I'm singing an old song. I know, listen, I know it's, it's later than it's ever been for those, these TV live people. If you got to go, maybe your lunch is ready to go. But let me just sing this. He abides. He abides. Hallelujah, he abides with me. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk this narrow way for the Comforter abides with me. He abides. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to thank him for it. He abides. Oh, hallelujah, he abides with me. Yes, he does. Oh, I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk this narrow way for the Comforter abides with me. We love you. We're praying for you. And we celebrate that God is not through yet. There is an after this. Be blessed with it now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you, family. We'll see you this week for prayer. Be blessed in the Lord.